it's good to see me. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Anyway, I thought I, I emailed the guys just on Friday to say, can we set up a keyboard? Because um, just in my own uh, time with God recently, I've just been sensing a tremendous sense of encounter. And uh, for me, worship and music always kind of helps undergird that in so many ways. And so what I want you to do today is not to be ready for some information, like a normal preach. Um, I want to tell some stories. I want to lead you through some thoughts, uh, read scripture, of course. But really what I want more than anything is for you to receive an outpouring during this time this morning, to receive a sense of encounter in your home, or if you're listening to the podcast of this in your car, um, or uh, maybe you're, you know, it's, it's on demand somewhere. And I'd say if you can, uh, get alone or go for a walk, get somewhere where you can pray in tongues or pray in tongues in your living room as a family because in the next half hour you need to expect an outpouring an impartation of the Holy Spirit in your life because uh, that's what's on me right now this morning and so I just feel to impart that into Revive that this is a moment a time for encounter um, let me read a scripture to kind of set us up, shall we? Because uh, I think God wants to do something with us. So let's, let me read the word to you. Uh, Luke 10, and I'm going to read well-known passage from about verse 38 onwards, but I'm going to read it in the Passion Version. So um, it might sound a little bit different, uh, but you'll recognize it. We're, we're heading to uh, Martha and Mary territory, okay? So just listen to this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister's left me here to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled and pulled away? by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. To be undistracted is a privilege, right? To not be distracted by the house, the mortgage, the DIY, oh Lord help me, the lawn, the Christmas decorations, Trump, COVID, pandemics, social media, and instead to find that you've been able to focus attentively and absorb the revelations of God. Who knows that's a privileged place to be. Well, I pray that there's an impartation this morning, an outpouring in your home and into your own soul that would help you to enjoy the privilege of focus. I want to talk about the one thing that matters. But let me do it from, let me tell you my story of the last few days. Um, as part of my uh, time with God, 
I'll often get out a journal, I'll, I'll go through prophecies or I'll list certain things or, or favourite scriptures and themes or identity things, you know, just to try and uh, centre myself and get myself focused on God. And a thing that I did, I don't know, it must have been Thursday, I guess. On Thursday, I got out a flip chart in my studio at home. And uh, so you got a big flip chart paper. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. Because I, I love the scripture, they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your story helps you overcome. And we need to go back and remember our story sometimes. Because you know what? In the dull bankruptcy of today, we can forget the rich history that God's already given us. And you know what? Your rich history with God is a bank account you can draw from. A spiritual one, I mean, a metaphorical one. And so every now and then we need to go through our history with God. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I, I know what will encourage me and, and help center me and sharpen me and, and help get me into a place of, of breakthrough. I'm going to list every miracle I've ever seen in my life. I don't mean the ones told by other people. I mean every miracle I've ever seen, every particularly unusual uh, sense of God moving, uh, every remarkable, accurate prophecy. I'm going to list them all down on this huge piece of flip chart. Now, so I started to write and write. I, I wrote in really quite small writing and I started to list the miracles and the flip chart paper, you know, uh, an hour later was beginning to fill up. It was two thirds full of lists and lists and lists and lists, columns and columns and columns of miracle after miracle I've seen in the last 50 years of my life. And, you know, faith began to grow in me. I was like, wow, this is wild. The stories of people getting out of wheelchairs, giving up crutches, dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but certainly more than a hundred deaf ears opened. Um, a prophesying over royalty, seeing remarkable provision breakthrough, thousands of pounds, God giving me cars, me able to give away cars, all kinds of stuff through the years that God has done. And my faith began to grow. I was like, God, this is really exciting. You know what? Now you might think, oh, I'm so jealous already. I guarantee you, if you sat down and focused for a bit and go, I'm going to write down everything God has ever done for me, the list would be a lot longer than your current dull self believes. You're more remarkable. And if the devil wants to do one thing, it's not to stop you being a Christian. He just wants you to be a dull one that makes no difference to the world. And so he'll do all he can to stop you remembering your rich history. He'll do everything he can to make you feel bankrupt today. So I, I, I did that exercise and, oh, it was great. And I remembered remarkable moves of God, times when God walked into the room. I, I had two thirds of my, uh, of my flip chart paper left. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna now list every remarkable encounter when God has walked into the room. There's been a vision, there's been a dream and a, a, an angelic visitation, something remarkable of God's presence coming close. And I began to list the encounters and the word for word things that God said to me. And boy, again, my faith began to grow. Then I began to notice something on my flip chart. You know, where I listed the miracles and then where I listed the encounters, they began to match up. And I began to see a pattern in, in my life that's why I'm sharing it with you today. Following great encounters, there always seem to be great moves of God. Breakouts of heaven, breakouts of the miraculous, breakouts of the kingdom coming into other people's lives 
because I'd had this encounter with God, I noticed that the mountaintops of kingdom coming matched the mountaintops of me going seeking God for a fresh encounter. You know, something happens when we start to truly get our focus back on the one thing being the one thing. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to find him. I'm going to get into that 2 Chronicles 7, if my people position where, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, stop doing all the distracting things, but instead humble themselves and seek my face. I found again and again that would lead to God doing amazing miracles. Some of the times when I've been really busy, busy about ministry, clever ideas, strategies, I found actually were very bankrupt moments. But whenever I gave myself to seek God with all my heart, to focus on him, to put aside distractions and find the privilege of focus again, I find God begins to move. And kingdom begins to come around me. So listen, here's my true title for today's message. The one thing that leads to all other things. The one thing that will lead to all other things. When we get our focus on God back, something incredible begins to take place. You know those dreams you've got, those longings to see God move? They're all waiting for us to stop being so distracted and to find our way back to focus and to focus on Him. Time and time again when I've given myself to go, God, I seek you with all my heart. I'm broken, I'm needy, I'm longing Oh, as the deer pants for streams of water type stuff. Do you know, (laughs) Katy Perry sang that at some American Music Awards. Not Christian, I don't think, but she sang it this week. You know, as the deer pants for the waters, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. Do you know it? As the deer pants, something in me starts crying out for God. And you know what? Time and time again I found the first response of God is he walks into my life in a new way. The end result is that the kingdom comes doesn't come from my great intelligence and capabilities and strategies and plans. It all begins with intimacy with God. And I want to challenge you in this period to get back to intimacy with God. Because I can list the times God has walked into the room. I know he's omnipresent, but when he really turns up in his glory, I, I remember every one of them. Like there yesterday, 1976, as a little boy sat on the stage in in church, six years old, and God walked into the room while one of the first worship teams in the world played on stage. The electricity of heaven walked into that room and I knew God wasn't a song or a moral code or a service or a sermon. God walked in the room. Something changed inside me. 
jump forward to 1988-1989 just waves of the spirit just began to touch my life I was actually terrified of him if I'm honest I would run out of every meeting to do with the Holy Spirit but then he caught up with me and by 1990 I vividly remember a Thursday night in November at Bible school God walked into the room the I guess 40 or 50 Bible school students in the room with me we fell on our faces because this wasn't time to sing three fast songs and a couple of slow ones. God walked into the room. And you know what? For three or four months, I could not stop praying. Oh, don't you long for the privilege of that focus? I hate it when I'm distracted. But for three or four months, I could not stop praying. And then I found the kingdom began to come. Breakouts. Remarkable provision. Remarkable signs and wonders, incredible things, as God just, what followed on from the encounter was kingdom come. 1991, I remember God coming again. He walked into the room and transformed me. 1992, I remember again being in the place of prayer. I just put myself there to that place of focus. And then God lifted me into a vision. There I was in a mountain and there was God before me shouting, you are my son. What happened after that was waves of kingdom come. 1994, I remember being burnt out in ministry, exhausted, bored of it all. Do you ever get bored of it all? I do. And I'm the pastor. Lord, help us. I get bored of this ministry stuff. I get bored of all the things, the ought to's, the should do's, because I'm saying, God, when can I get my focus back? When can I get back to you? That's what he's calling us to this morning. 1994, a little old lady prayed for me up in the northeast of England, and that was a Saturday night, Sunday morning. I'm playing the piano in a, in a Sunday morning service because that was my job. And halfway through communion, the Holy Spirit fell on me. God walked into the room again. I fell off the keyboard, fell on the floor, laughing with the joy of the Lord, and was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit for 10 days solid. God walked into the room. 1996, I remember flying down to South Africa and again God walked into the plane he found me on an Air Sudan flight to Johannesburg and the glory of God came 1997 again 1998 again I think it was 97 yes it was 97 I gave myself a month of seeking God's face down at a little retreat center in Norfolk and I remember just as I was getting to the point of boredom, because that's what real prayer is like, you're thinking, am I getting anywhere? Then all of a sudden you turn a corner and God's right there. It's like you have to work through layers and, and veils of your own dullness and your flesh and your boredom and your distraction and ego and fears and all the things that, that take us away from really focusing on God. And it took me a good time to get through those layers. And then all of a sudden he was there. And I went into this vision of Colombian children screaming out to me. I've told you about it before. <laughs> I was just emailing back and forth with Dave Taylor in Colombia the last week. And they've been out among the YU in the last couple of weeks and seen 50 YU Indians give their lives to the Lord in the last couple of weeks. Isn't that incredible? Even in this time, middle of a pandemic, you know, Encounters 
will always eventually lead to kingdom come. You can't just jump to kingdom come. God wants to meet you. If my people. Hmm. Anybody in Revive remember 2011 to 2013 again? God walked in the room. It's as though the veil of dullness was stripped away. Not his veil. He's already broken the veil. But if you notice, you and I are the veils of our dull lives, our busyness. How many hours watching TV do we spend while the dullness of a veil around our own minds? We love God, but we give so little to seek him. And the cry this morning is, come back. Come back to seek me, to know me. The veil in heaven is torn, but the veil of your own heart is not yet torn. Come back, because all the adventures you long for are the other side of that veil of dullness in your heart, where suddenly you discover, God is with me. God was here all along. How awesome is this place? I didn't know he was here, like Jacob said. I didn't know he was here. Hmm. 2011 to to 13. So many miracles. Even the BBC came reported on it. National. BBC Education made a program about the miracles. (laughs) This is remarkable. I mean, you you couldn't book that stuff or dream it up or try and make it happen. But when you encounter him... You know, it all started in 2011 with a 40-day period of prayer and fasting as a church. And then God walked into the room. I want to tell you really clearly, Revive. I'm so longing for more of God. I will not tolerate nice, tidy Sunday services and, you know, how good is the church? Tick, tick, tick. We're good at this. We're slick at that. We're okay at this. I want God. Is anybody on my planet? I want to be revived in my innermost being that God would come. I I want to give my focus back to God in this time so that he walks in the room where I am. He walks in the room where you are. And you know, I am now face to face with God as Moses was. I might not see him. There's the smoke of his glory. So actually, there's not always great clarity when you meet God. Sometimes it's just an overwhelming sense of he's near but then stuff begins to break out in your life that you go, how on earth did that happen? How did they get out of wheelchairs? Do you remember our youth group? Chris, he's over in the corner. He can't speak. His mic's off. But that's just what happens when God walks in the room. We're just a mess. I remember the first staff meeting after God walked into the room, 2011. Every staff member that walked in just fell to the floor as we were supposed to begin our usual Monday or Tuesday morning 15-minute prayer meeting. Hour and a half later, we're still all on the floor being useless, overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. And it all begins with focus. The one thing that leads to many things. One thing. God, I long for you. God, I long to, I know your veil is torn, but I long to to rend the veil of my own heart, my own dullness, my fleshly clothes. I want to 
tear them away and pick up the mantle of God. Like Elisha, when he realized Elijah's mantle was available, he took his own clothes and he ripped them off and he pulled on the mantle of God now and said, now I want to walk with God like Elijah walked with God. Anybody else want to have a moment like that? Hmm. I was... uh, I was reading through one of my prophetic journals last week, probably early in the week, maybe, maybe Monday, something like that. And I, and I came across a little note about two dreams that I had. Listen to this, in September 2019. I'd forgotten about them, but when I, when I read them there in the journal, suddenly the vividness of these dreams came back. And uh, the first dream, I suppose, is the most pertinent one. I dreamt that I was wearing a watch. I don't normally wear a watch, don't like them, to be honest. And, and so it, it was a watch, not a digital watch, one with hands. And... But in my dream, you know, the little square that's got the date on it, it had, it had protruded out from the face of the watch, stopping the hands. And so I, I recounted that in my little prophetic journal that I'd had a prophetic dream that night about a date coming out, the date square, stopping the hands from moving. And I put in brackets in my journal, a pause. A pause is coming. (laughs) Then three, four months later, Sharon Stone prophesies a new era is about to begin to us at Revive and our Revive United service uh, with leaders in January this year. And then she says, but before the era, there's gonna be a short pause. Around about the time that we went into uh, into lockdown the first time in March, in a, a little staff prayer meeting here in Kingswood House, God gave me a, a vision of a pit stop. And it was a pause and an old wheel was removed and a new one put on. And here's what I want to say is, you know, there is the sense of the Hopefully in the next few months, there's going to be a coming out of the, of the worst of this time. Anybody really hope it is? I can't wait to get back to, 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 to being together and singing and worshipping and praying together and all these things. I know we can start doing some stuff in some small ways now, but I can't wait to get back to full-throated church, right? And um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Here it is. A pit stop. So we're probably coming to the end of this pause soon. So the question I want to ask you this morning are you, is, are you leaving the pit stop in the same way you arrived? Are you rushing to get back to normal? Are you driving out the pit stop with the same wheels you had on when you drove in? Or have you let God do the change in your heart that's required in this time? For me, I'm saying, God, this time has been really good for for identifying distraction. God, I want to give myself to seek your face like never before. I want to give myself to the one thing that leads to everything else, which is intimacy and focus on you.
God, I want to come beyond the veil, beyond the veil of my own flesh, beyond the veil of ministry, into the place of intimacy, beyond the veil of busyness, into the place of encounter, beyond the veil of religious activity, into the place of walking with God. It's so true that you can go to church and never walk with God. You can attend, you can take communion, you can read the Bible and never meet the author. (laughs) That's the challenge, isn't it? And in the pit stop, God wants to give us new wheels, a new way of traveling, a new way of journeying that will lead to an acceleration of kingdom come and miracles and, and all the things that God wants to do in our land. And what are the new wheels? They're the wheels of encounter. They're the wheels of being in his presence. They're the wheels of learning to put away the dullness of every day and be a person of encounter. It's what he wants to do. Hmm. It's a good song, isn't it? What key do I do that in? Maybe I do it in D. Do you remember it? Within the vein, I long to come into the holy place to look upon your face. I see such beauty there none other can compare I worship you my God within the veil but I want to change the words because You know, the veil is torn, the veil is gone. I don't know, you can do all sorts of theological acrobatics to make it work, but I want a longing in your heart to rise as I change the words. I'm going to change it to beyond the veil because his veil is torn. What we need to get is beyond our own veil, uh, the veil of our dullness, the veil of our prayerlessness. And rise. If you can, pray in tongues where you are right now. Pray in tongues and let the Holy Spirit fall on you as I sing. Because the heart's cry of Revived Church is to say we want to go beyond the veil. The veil of ministry, dullness, church, religiosity, busyness. The veil of everyday life. God, we want to go beyond the veil to that place where we encounter you and you walk into the room because our focus is on the one thing that matters. And God, we begin to meet you and we begin to enjoy you and we begin to hear your voice and worship you and walk with you as we should. And that turns into kingdom come. It turns into kingdom come effortlessly if we will give ourselves to him. So as I sing this, let your heart rise. And I'm just going to change one phrase. Instead of within the veil, I'm going to sing beyond the veil. I want to go beyond the veil of fleshly Jared to be a man who worships in the spirit and encounters God in spirit and truth. Beyond the veil. I long to come 
into the holy place to look upon your face I see such beauty there none other can compare I would Worship you, my Lord, beyond the veil, beyond the veil, I long to come into holy place to look upon your face I see your beauty there none other can compare I worship you my God within the veil come on right now let your worship rise beyond the veil of our flesh beyond the veil of doubts and unbelief beyond the veil of shame beyond the veil of spiritual boredom, beyond the veil of backslidings. Let your spirit rise. Let it be a time of encounter. Let this pit stop be a time of encounter. Let it be a time of giving your heart to God like never before. Identify the fact that when you give yourself to the one thing that matters, everything else Everything else is added unto you. Everything else, everything else is added unto you. Revival in this nation won't happen until there's a church that gives itself to one thing. The kingdom won't come in education, in medicine, in government, in politics, in business, in finance, until there's a church that gives itself to one thing. It's strange, isn't it? Until just loving him becomes the ultimate. All those ministry things won't happen. We're scrabbling around powerless and bankrupt. But when we give ourselves to the one thing that matters, he begins to do it. I've talked a few times recently about Acts chapter 2 you know what the early church gave themselves to and one of the big key things one of the top five I think or four in the list was prayer and in that passage in Acts 2 and I, I guess it's round about verse 42 onwards you'll notice at the very end of it it says and the Lord added to their number daily those being saved doesn't say they did evangelism. It says, and the Lord added to their number 
daily. <laughs> when you get the focus right, God builds his church. When you get the focus right, the kingdom comes. Those, those disciples, those 120 that turned into thousands on the day of Pentecost, that turned into numerous tens of thousands over the next months and years, they turned the ancient world upside down by living a life that said, one thing matters. I'll forsake everything for the one thing of knowing him, of knowing him. This week ahead, I challenge you not to just have quiet times or prayer times or just to do prayer storm. These are all, all good things, but make sure they don't inoculate you against the real thing, which is you meeting God. It's not you talking, you busying yourself with lists, you making sure you mention everything to try and get God to do stuff. No, no, no. Let's go beyond the courts, right into the most holy place. Let's get beyond the veil of even fleshly religiosity and instead find ourselves actually face to face with the one we love. That might take maybe no more time, but a lot more focus just to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. In recent days, I have found just as I've listed, you know, 1976, 1990, 92, 94, 96, 97, 2011 to 13. I could list a few other years, but you know what? I'm beginning to list the end of 2020 as a time when God's walking into my room again. I want to challenge you to do the same. Walk to God so that he walks to you. Go beyond the veil of your dullness and may God break through in your life this week. Let's give ourselves revive to the one thing that matters most that everything else will follow.